Welcome to I Put Real Estates Shaping Our City podcast, where we discuss topical issues affecting real estate, the built environment, and the vitality of cities. My name is Marie Hunt, Head of Research at IPUT. I'm joined on this episode by Camilla Anderson from Hassel and Barney Kringle from PRD, who, along with Gail, have been working on a very significant research project for IPUT entitled Making Impact. We're very excited about this report. We're about to launch it. And we think it's going to have huge significance for everybody who's involved in design and the design of buildings the development of cities, the creation and curation of neighbourhoods. And we think it's going to provide really valuable insights into social impact investment. Camilla and Barney, thank you both for joining us. And before we start talking about the Making Impact project and the first year's report, which we're about to launch, can I ask you both just to introduce yourselves, talk to us a little bit about your background and your areas of expertise? Thank you, Marie. And first, may I just say thank you so much for inviting us to to be on this podcast and to speak about uh, this project, which so far has been a really uh, exciting journey to take with you. And we're only just getting started on that. And so my background is as an architect, but the majority of my experience has been in the research strategy and design of cities and places. Um, And over the past 10 years, I've been fortunate to work with developers and local authorities and technology companies as well in many different parts of the world to discover what makes places that perform better for people and for the planet to secure the long-term prosperity for all of us. I'm now leading the urban research area at the architecture and design studio Hessel, which is an international practice with roots in Australia and an 80-year history of building really great places from river corridors and public plazas to railway stations, office buildings and student housing. Um, And across every type of project, our purpose statement is to make places people love. Um, And I think that's where our ethos and IPUT's approach align really well. Um, And so I'm excited to see what we might learn together through this this project and in collaboration with our other partners, such as Barney. Thanks, Camilla. So, so yes, I'm, I'm Barney Kringle. I, I work for a company called PRD, and we're a consultancy who specialise in research strategies and, and delivery advice for places. Our focus across all of that is, is supporting more inclusive economies, impactful investment, and more considered uh, development outcomes. So, you know, very much aligning with with everything that Camilla's trying to do at Hassel, and and, and also the, the, the you know everything that I put are, are trying to achieve through their work. Um, my own personal background: I'm an economic geographer. Um, always had a passion for regeneration it stems from you know interest growing up seeing regeneration taking taking place around me in my in my home city of Birmingham in in, in the UK over my career I've come to specialize in developing economic strategies for places everything from the the, the scale of the individual building up to the high street the region area to to, to to the city but my work's also a little bit more technical in in, in nature as well so making the case for place-based investment but also exploring economic and, and, and social impact as well so in the past a lot of that impact work's been quite focused for local and central government looking at public sector funding for regeneration but over the past decade you know increasingly there's been a growing interest in that within the in, in the private sector as well so helping to make better informed decisions Decisions about development approaches and, and understanding impact of, of development better, which which I think brings us uh, neat, neatly to today's conversation. Yeah, so even architect, a geographer, and a surveyor all working together. 
I think what's been really interesting about working on this project with yourselves and with Gail also is just the collaborative nature of it because everybody brings something different to the table and as a result it's, it's been a very interesting project. I know we're only one year in but quite excited to um, release the, the first findings from that first year. So I suppose for the purpose of our listeners you might talk to us a little bit about what the project about. What is Making Impact? Sure. Making Impact is a five-year research study. It is focused on the public realm and placemaking uh, investments that IPUD are making in their 600,000 square feet development at Wilton Park. The Wilton Park development is primarily commercial, but there is a substantial amount of uh, retail, community space, cultural space, open space uh, as well, especially at, at the ground floor level, in addition to a one-acre park, which I put is managing uh, for the, the entire community of, of that area. And we'll be looking at how I put investments in, in this public realm and, and placemaking creates impact across four dimensions uh, over, over the next five years. And, and those dimensions are the social dimension, cultural environmental and economic. And when we say social, what we mean is is really focusing on community, uh, the community sense of belonging to the place, community cohesion, creating, creating places where people enjoy being uh, and being in the company of one another. Cultural impact is about the identity of the place. It's about creativity uh, and the way that that place sort of becomes a, a unique um creative force in the city, really. Uh, and then when we talk about uh, environmental impact, it's about sustainability and the creation of healthy places. And then the economic dimension is about making a thriving place and um, for people to work and do business in. And we'll be looking at iPuts sort of investments and actions across three lenses. And we've got the hardware lens, the software and, and the governance lens. So hardware is about what I put is physically doing to this place. So how many benches are they implementing? What trees are they putting in the ground? How are they treating the, the ground floor uh, permeability of the buildings? The software dimension is about the activities and the uses of the space. So what are the ac activities that might be going on here? What are the events that might be, be put on? What are the, the functions that will occupy these ground floor spaces? And then the governance dimension is about the day-to-day the -day management of the site and, and the operations uh, and how people uh, might be supported to use the place in the way that, that they want to and see fit through the daily operations. So you're work focusing really not just on the occupiers that will be in those buildings when they're complete, but the impact for the wider neighbourhood mm -hmm. and trying to measure that. Is that in a nutshell what we're trying to do here? Yes, that is putting it much more succinctly than I just did. <laughs> yeah, and that, I think it's, it's, it's kind of really Im Im important as, as, as well to say, you know, it, it is a very kind of on the ground research, study re research approach. You know, we're, we're, we're using a range of research techniques to, to do everything that Camilla's, Camilla's just um, described. So everything from, you know, putting in place stronger day-to-day -day evidence collection, you know, mechanisms for IPUT staff, but also spending a lot of time on the ground as a research team, observing what, what's going on, looking at how people are using spaces, interacting with spaces, but also periodically taking time to talk to people. 
um, which yeah. which is just incredibly important to to, to understand uh, impact and and uh, you know experience of experience of, of places. So talking to people who are using the spaces, talking to people who are who are working locally, and and, and talking to people who are, who are running businesses uh, locally as well. So we're getting that really rounded and holistic understanding of of, of how this place is changing over time. I think personally, I've worked across the street from there for many years, so I've seen the transformation in front of my eyes. But really, over the last two to three years, it's really been phenomenal and we're, we're still only halfway there. I suppose some people might wonder, why is this a five-year piece of mm. research? Why not just do a re- piece of research that's at a point in time and use it, you know, for, for a particular purpose? Why are we doing this on a longitudinal basis? So I, I think it's it's incredibly exciting that that we are doing this for a five year period. I think everyone in the built environment and and wider re- real estate industry has been talking about placemaking and wide concepts of, of social value uh, for some time now, and, and that those concepts have have become pretty well established over the past decade. But actually, not that many people are taking the time to understand impact in a in a in a genuine way. So in my experience, certainly doing a lot of work in the UK in particular, the typical approach is that we might talk a lot about potential impacts in, in, in quite a loose and formulaic way to help secure planning approval in, in the early stages of a, a development life cycle. But it's really rare for anyone to, to look back at what, what actually then, then happens and, and take the time to, to kind of explore how that evolves over time. That's because there's, there's often no formal requirement for, for developers uh, to do that. But it's also time and resource intensive as well. It's, it's difficult. Uh, regen schemes like this are, are complex and and um, the benefits might might take a long time to emerge and and so as a result of that whilst everyone's talking about the impacts of play, placemaking we actually really don't have that much evidence on on that and, and that's why this study i think is 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 really exciting because it's, so it's is taking this study the time going to, to be unique then like has anybody else attempted to do this i think i think in our experience things are starting to change so, so the, there's few notable exceptions from our work in the uk so on the olympic park in, in east london there's there's some interesting post-occupancy evaluation work quite focused on on residential uses and um there's there's some quite interesting work looking at long-term well-being what a flourishing community looks like up in up in brent cross town which is a, a kind of large-scale regen scheme but but typically that type of research is driven by the public sector or by academia and it's it's, it's really rare to see the private sector investing their own time and, and resources in this globally let alone in 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 ireland as well so i think for me that's why what that that's what makes this this study uh, so important so not, not only is i put investing its money in, in in real research to understand impact it's doing that over a extended time period which which recognizes recognizes that the, the scheme is going to take time to, to to kind of embed and mature you can't just switch on that long-term sense of place and, and kind of ownership overnight you know it's, it's it takes time for for, for for that to happen so that that that's really important i think the benefits of the approach are really clear as well i think ultimately good evidence has to be about driving better knowledge and, and decision making across the industry more widely so i think there's there's kind of real leadership role here that, yeah. that ipa is is playing within within this i think on a year-on-year basis as well what makes this the long longitudinal aspects of this study really interesting is that we have the opportunity to work with iput on responding to what we're learning every year in order to sort of modify the parameters for the year after. Um, So if we're finding, for example, that uh, a certain intervention in either the hardware, software or governance dimension or a combination of the three seems to be having 
a somewhat positive result, you know, we might try to I- increase that impact the, for the year after to see if we can establish a more certain cause and effect. And that sort of uh, tactical approach to learning and improving and collecting the evidence from that that process is fairly rare. And specifically, I think it's rare across the breadth of parameters that we're looking at here and across the the breadth of, of, of dimensions. One of you mentioned placemaking. I think it was you, Barney, and I suppose it's become quite a hackneyed term in the same way, you know, we talk about greenwashing all the time now. I suppose in IPUT's mind, placemaking is just one part of social impact investing in general. And I suppose what we're trying to do at Wilton Park is do all of these things, not necessarily because it's a nice thing to do, but actually there's a financial benefit as well. And I suppose we genuinely believe that if you do all these things and, and get it right, that the shareholder, the investor over the long term will, will benefit too. There's a lot of talk about the S in ESG and obviously it's very pertinent to this study. Are you seeing more reference to social value investment yeah. in well, general? I think just that point as well on you know, in, in your, your question there, people have talked to me before about better evidence on which links placemaking to commercial returns as, as as very much the holy grail within 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 the, the built environment industry it's it everyone kind of knows there's there's that very direct relationship that if we kind of build better places ultimately it will drive better long-term returns but you know because people haven't been taking taking the time to 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 do the research and, and collect the evidence over an extended period you know that empirical evidence just doesn't exist i think the put the point on social value kind of really links to that as well so you know again there's been a huge amount of focus on esg you know across the built environment and, and real estate world over the past decade and, and the e and the g the in, environmental and the governance are, are pretty well defined now in, in our experience, everyone's pretty comfortable talking about those, but the S is always the one which which typically uh, re- receives you know the least focus, and that's because the social elements are often the hardest to measure. They're the often the least tangible as well. And you know, w- within our our experience, I think there has been a lot of emphasis within the industry in responding to that. So a whole industry has sprung up around social value measurement over the past five, ten years, looking for more consistent ways to talk about social value and to measure social value. But I think in our experience, the problem is it's it's often not done very well. It's it's done in a very formulaic way. It kind of focuses on on desk based exercise which are, are, are kind of underpinned by um, fairly standard and often quite spurious kind of assumptions about what, what impact is, which often aren't, aren't that relevant. It's often not overly focused on putting a monetary value on, on everything. So, so trying to distill everything down, uh, you know, with, with a, a euro or a pound sign sign against it. And it's often very focused on the short term and, and the immediate. So we've created a, a, an apprentice here. We've, we've, we've supported an internship there without actually thinking about longer term impact implications or, or, or outcomes of of that. So I think there are some positive trends trends emerging as a, as a bit of a repast. So, you know, there, there are quite a few studies emerging which are starting to kind of focus on on kind of longer term social outcomes, which which is, is, is kind of re- really exciting and a growing focus on within that on on personal and, and community well-being as well as, as, as being the, the ultimate thing that, that, that we're we're kind of pushing pushing towards. And, and that concept of well well-being, I think, is, is start, starting to become quite mainstream we're seeing you know it, it being adopted in public policy approaches in New Zealand for example and you know the uh, central statistics office in 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 Ireland and and um, national um, statistics in in UK are uh, embedding well-being within within their core core measures of what what success 
looks like in in local places. So I think that's why this this iPut study is kind of really trailblazing because I think it 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 will make a genuinely positive contribution in in this space. It's committing to talking to people on the ground over an extended mm. period of period of time, and 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 that's that's the only way you can understand those outcomes by talking to people by by understanding how people are are using a space and benefiting uh, from from a space. Hopefully, benefiting from, from the space yeah. as well because it, it can't all be about the positive. And Camilla, you mentioned like the four pillars. Obviously, there's the social piece, there's cultural, there's environmental, economic. Are all of these as important as each other or should they all have equal weighting in your view? Obviously, I think from iPod's perspective, we really be trying to capture all. We've put the Living Canvas screen there, for example. You know, there's been environmental biodiversity initiatives. Mm-hmm. We've tried to cover all four, but I, I suppose from your perspective, is, is one of them more important than another? The short answer is is no. What is important is understanding how they overlap and work together. In the short term, you know, you might get away with saying we're just going to focus on economic outcomes. And that is potentially what a lot of people would expect of a, of a mm. commercial developer. Um, but the problem is that if that's all you're focusing on, then over a longer period of time, because that place has no identity, no soul, no sense of community that cares for the place, no environment that has a sort of a high quality that that people, you know, to be a place that people want to be in. Um, eventually, those economic activities are going to run out of fuel um, and the place will be less successful over time. Whereas if you have the presence of all of these ingredients, they sort of feed off of each other. And it's the same thing if you say you might want to say for for a short period of time, we're just going to focus on social outcomes, but people need livelihoods. And that's where the economic dimension comes in. A high quality environment is about creating a place where people can live healthily. And if people aren't living healthily and if nature isn't thriving, then it becomes really hard to have great sort of economic activity because people won't be healthy enough to go to work and so on so they are all they are all equally important and and the the longer term your outlook is the the greater the overlap between these different dimensions become that being said though you might have shorter periods of time of focusing more on one than the other especially if you're sort of identifying that you're working in a place where there is a bit of an imbalance between these different dimensions but i think it's really important to understand that there's not a single one of these that can survive without the other um i think that's right and i think it's about yeah avoiding that one size fits all approach because i think any major regeneration scheme like this is going to interact and impact on a, a whole spectrum of different types of stakeholders from from you know city stakeholders to uh, businesses to, to to members of 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 the local community and each of those stakeholders are going to you know attribute different types of value and and you know all of their motivations and experience of the city will be quite different so i think it's kind of really important that we're not kind of um, imposing our own views on on what what value looks like and we're kind of creating a framework to uh, which which responds to that diversity of of, of views and opinions and, and offers the the ability to to kind of focus in on on different areas over time as 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 Camilla says as as the as the delivery program progresses. 
So it's exactly a year now since I sat down with the team at IPUT and tried to come up with an RFP request for proposal to, to undertake the study. And I suppose to explain Wilton Park to the listeners, it's a 600,000 square foot mixed juice scheme in a historic part of town. It's got a beautiful one acre park alongside and it's a complete transformation in terms of what was there originally. Um, I think we, we were very lucky to have three amazing companies coming together pitching for this work in Hassel, PRD and Gal and you know we've we've had fun working mm. on this project over the last year and I think very excited now that we're at in a position to come up with the findings for year one's report. I think mm. the ambition is that we'll have five reports in total but Camille you might just share with us some mm. of the, the high level findings from year one. Yeah I'd be very happy to and, and it has been um has been a really exciting year because obviously when we started out we we didn't really know what we would discover and just to to start by saying we're actually starting from a really good place here in what we're finding about iputs interventions to date so the the scheme is still under development it's it's due to complete um by Q1 2024 I believe so there's been construction on the site for a number of years now. So you might think that that if anything, the uh, the perception of the area has has perhaps been impacted by that. But but that's not what we what we've uh, discovered at all. And I think a lot of that has to do with uh, IPUD's public realm management approach. That while they have been working on on the buildings, they've also been maintaining and cleaning up the public realm you might say in this one acre park that they uh, have ownership of they one of the first things they that you did was that you uh, opened that up to to the public uh, on a sort of a daily basis from from sort of su- sunrise to sunset um, and that's been hugely appreciated by the local community and and we set out in this framework to say well, we want to aim for people to sort of score their satisfaction with this neighborhood eight or above on a scale from one mm. to 10 and in interviewing 230 users of the space um, you're already scoring 8.7 which is quite quite remarkable. There's always room for improvement. Well, it, but I think what that also might say is actually I think that says a lot about people's expectations of public realm in Dublin and hopefully when the whole scheme opens actually those expectations might be raised um, and I think we want to raise people's expectations uh, of public realm with this scheme and, and through this study. One of the things we discovered, which I think is also really important to talk about, is that the the green space at Wilton Park is really the only publicly accessible green space for thousands of employees working in the neighborhood and also a, a, a great many residents as well. And we know how important it is for people to spend time in green space during their day and whether they go they go there before or after work or whether they go there on the weekend or during their lunch hour. Um, and so just by cre- making sure that there is a reliable, high quality provision of green space to, to what is more than 7,600 local employees for whom this space is the only place they can walk to sort of in a, fi- in a five minute walk from their workplaces is incredibly important. I just want to get a little bit into sort of three specific findings from this year's report, which hopefully, uh, which we found to be really interesting, and which hopefully will interest the listeners as well. The first sort of highlight uh, was the discovery that it's really the small gestures that can go a really long way. Sometimes there might be the perception that 
placemaking is a can be a, a, a difficult or a sort of a resource intensive activity. But but one of the interventions that have had the most success in the last couple of years was the uh, implementation of deck chairs in Wilton Park. The deck chairs increased the amount of seating in the park by almost forty uh, percent, uh, and they they tend to be the the intervention that the most people will mention when you ask them about the the changes that they've noticed to the area over the last couple of years uh, and mention with the, in a positive light, uh, of course. You get quite a lot of people commenting on using those deck chairs and using the park during COVID. Yeah, Because exactly. there was very little places to go and they had to keep within a certain kilo- kilometres of their a, home. Just a feeling of, of warmness and homeliness almost with a deck chair as well. There's, there's just something about that concept that it makes yeah, people feel comfortable. Exactly. And you can move them around. If you're there mm. on your own, you can drag the chair into the shade if you want to stay out of the sun. Or if you're there with a group of people, you draw them together in a circle and you can you can have a social interaction. It's been a very interesting learning for iPod as well, because obviously if you're going to do public realm really well and you're going to support local arts and culture, there's a cost associated with that. But interesting for us that it's it's the little things that actually mean most. Some, sometimes that can that can definitely be the case, and, and that is what we found here. They good good movable seating is really moving the needle uh, a lot. The other specific finding I want wanted to highlight was how a lot of people, more, more than half of the people we've surveyed that remember the area before 2020, have already noticed uh, improvements to the feeling of safety of the neighbourhood. Um, and some of the things, as I, as I mentioned earlier, that I would have been doing have been about um, making sure that the place looks cared for, that it's well maintained. Um, but you're also increasing the transparency of the buildings at the ground floor, which means that when you're walking on the streets, you can see the life that is inside the buildings. Um, and if you're inside the buildings, you can sort of see people passing by uh, on the streets. And those sorts of of sp- spatial changes have meant that that a that great deal of people are already now saying that the the neighbourhood feels a lot safer to walk in and especially to walk in at night. And that's that's a really I- important contribution to to that area and to that part of Dublin. And it's hopefully something that will continue to improve when the the construction on the the remaining building all buildings also completes. And then the the final uh, sort of highlight that uh, that I've brought uh, with me today is the finding that when you make an effort, you make an impact. Trying is almost the the best that you can do, a- and sometimes it might also feel like when whether it's local authorities or developers are investing in places and trying to do great things for the community, it's hard to know whether people are actually appreciative of that. Because a lot of people will just be sort of silent enjoyers of those, they will silently enjoy those those initiatives uh, uh, and, you know, they might enjoy the deck chairs but not send you an email to thank you mm. for putting those deck chairs out there. But when you do um, um, amenity really well within a building, whether it's a residential building or a commercial building or if you do it in the public realm, I think you always, you have to be open to flexibility to change as well. So yes. adapt as things change, that you're not putting something in that's, rigid there forevermore and I think that's exactly there's learnings yeah. in that as well yeah and to that point of, of how your efforts are being noticed 73% of the, the people that we surveyed um, have said that they think that Wilton Park is already a good example of placemaking mm. um, and a very just a couple of percentage would sort of disagree with that with, with some people 
obviously unsure about how to answer the question, but I think more than seven in 10 people already seeing this as a great example of placemaking says a lot for this approach and says a lot for carrying on on this trajectory as well of trying to do good by the by the community both the local residential community and the employees that that work in I think in it's, Wilton it's Park. yeah and I think it's so telling as well that you know whilst we're yet to complete on site at Wilton Park there's already such a significant impact story to to tell and I think that's that's kind of really you know testament to this idea that you know if we are committing to placemaking that that's got to commence right from the outset you know from from initial conversations with the local community at the very early stages as opposed to something you just switch on as as the development nears nears completion it's 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 commitment to that throughout throughout almost the the you know the the veins of the scheme I think it bodes very well that we've had such positive results, being that it is a construction site, as you say. So it, it bodes well for next year's results. But also, what learnings can I put learn from this? Like, obviously, it's not all perfect. Where can we improve further? Yeah. So we think one of the obvious areas of improvement is the uh, presence of children on site. At the moment, There, we, we didn't observe a, a lot of young visitors mm-hmm. um and that, two, that, that, two, that, that two reflects three the nature percent. of this this part of the city yeah it? it's it's a commercial neighborhood and, and you might say dublin city center as a whole isn't mm. particularly child friendly but uh, i put are putting in a, a number of activities and uh, amenities for children to enjoy in the future and hopefully we'll be seeing uh, greater numbers of families there and in that way I think you will. I suppose in the last couple of years, it's been effectively a construction site, so yeah. it wasn't the most pleasant place to be bringing children anyway. But with the redevelopment of the park now, there will be more facilities for children. And once the ground floor space is mm. open, um, there'll be a lot of activation there. So I think yeah. very easily we'll increase the number of children going through that park over the next while. Yeah, yeah. I think the other in, in, you know, in, interesting thing from my perspective from a um, impact point of view is, um, you know, obviously Kimmel has talked a lot there about the local and the, the impacts on, the, you know, within within the immediate local local area. But but also we've we've observed observed some some kind of really significant impacts at, at the city scale as well. So over the past uh, few years, IPUTS provided a space for artists within uh, as a mean meanwhile use on, on 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 a site neighboring the scheme um, and that's kind of responding to a context of you know kind of really significant deficit in in that type of space for artists across dublin as a whole so this the, the scheme's making a, a city-wide contribution and, and, and there's been a re- really powerful initiative around something called the living canvas as well which is provides a, a a digital screen to as, as, a, as a as a platform for for visual artists mm-hmm. um you know uh, for, it actually won and, a, and, a big and, award and business arts yeah award and, and, and it, year, it's it's yeah. it's you know the, the number of artists who've, who've benefited from from that as a, as a, as a platform to to, to yeah. kind of show their work to, to wider audiences particularly during COVID when, yeah. when people didn't, didn't, you know, weren't able to access um, the arts in, in more conventional spaces as well. So. Yeah, but, but speaking about lessons learned as well in talking to a lot of these artists, while they've obviously benefited from, from that exposure and, and the artists that have gained access to free workspace have, have been able to produce significant bodies of work with iPod support, there is an opportunity to deepen the levels of that engagement to think about sort of the network building um, beyond the sort of immediate provision of space or 
or a platform. And in, in the same way, when we're talking about the community, there's an opportunity to increase the community's sense of belonging to the place and make them feel that they are part of the, the placemaking. Um, I think that will be really important over, over the next couple of years to see as well. So when we commissioned this piece of research, I suppose we could easily have said this is just for our own internal knowledge, but we were very much wanting to share the results. And I'm, I'm just interested when it's launched in the coming days, who do you think the audience for this analysis is going to be? Is it the design community, developers? Who would for, for me, who would it has relevance to a, to, 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 to a spectrum, really. And, you know, it should be it should be relevant and useful reading for city planners, you know, think about how we evolve the, the city and, 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 you know, provide the, the kind of structures and parameters to do that. It, it obviously has relevance for other developers and, and mm. investors in terms of, you know, continually help, helping to push the bar. But it's also got to be relevant for the community as well. You know, it, it's, it's got to be um, something which is, is accessible and where, where, where the community can, you know, actually yeah. feel that they, they um, it, it kind of reflects their, yeah. their kind of experience. Hence, we've decided that the, the first people are going to see the report are the people in the local community and great. those occupying living working Fantastic. there. That's that's our plan. That's great to hear. Yeah. So you've spent a lot of time in Dublin over the last 12 months. What have you per both personally found most interesting about the city or this project while you've been spending all, all this time here? So I think for me, it's it's the, the, the genuine commitment that we've seen from IPUT to doing the right thing in, in, from, from a kind of development perspective. Um, so, you know, a lot of my experiences is in the UK and a lot of the placemaking approaches I see there are, are driven first and foremost by the requirements of the planning system. Um, so, so whilst there are some exceptions to that, it's, it's kind of really, really rare to see developers going above and beyond that. So, you know, developers and investors might be talking about, about their impact, but in reality, much of it relates to just what's kind of expected of them anyway from, from, from the planning system and, and not much above that. I think at Wilton Park and, and you know, everything that we've seen via, via the work so far, the approach is, is, is genuinely driven by a long-term sense of purpose about the type of place that IPUT wants to, to kind of create, which again in, in, in itself responds to IPUT's understanding of the needs of the city and, and, and the city's uh, communities. Um, a lot of our conversations with, with the IPUT team, we, we, we keep hearing the phrase, you know, custodians of, of, of place and, and that, that that sense that you know we're not just building you know a physical building building here we're we're actually creating a piece of city which has to endure uh, and and kind of sustain uh, sustain long long term as well so for me it's it's that 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 that, that that's just really refreshing and I think it provides a really strong template for for others um, as, okay. as as well Camilla, is, is, your... is, that, is that yeah yeah. <laughs> I, yeah I might start in a slightly different place and and just thinking about how much I've enjoyed uh, meeting people both on the ground, the people that uh, visit Wilt Wilton Park on a daily basis. The, there's a, a coffee shop in Wilton Park. The, the guy that runs that is, I think, an incredible asset to that local community. Everyone we've worked with in IPUT have been really genuine to engage with as well and, and very generous with both their knowledge, but also their ambitions for the city really the sharing of their ambitions for for the city and where Dublin can what Dublin could could become but I think on thinking about placemaking I guess at, at at the city level it does strike me that there is an opportunity for Dublin to raise the bar for what it expects from its public realm significantly 
I think iPod is doing a lot to sort of try to show the way or lead the way, but for a, a culture which is naturally quite social and, and really warm, I think it's a shame that there are not more spaces in between the buildings uh, for for the communities to express that warmth and come together and, and grow those those bonds and develop a sense of culture and, and, and belonging, not just to Wilton Park, but to all of the city's neighbourhoods. There's a, Dublin has a really great, great green. It's got amazing natural amenities actually between the the canal the canals and the river and the the access quite easy access to nature and and seaside it could be a really incredible livable city that could top you know the monocle most livable <laughs> cities of the world charts um but we'll we'll, we'll aim for that <laughs> yeah exactly but but it will require a much higher expectation both from from people and from the the city's leaders on what we can expect the public realm to deliver yeah i think we need a vision for the city and i think that means huge collaboration between public and private sector and if the the pub or the public sector could take direction from what I put are aspiring to do. We could all learn lessons from that. So uh, final question. We've year one report done. It's been very interesting. What are next steps? What's year two going to bring about? So no, it's, it's, as, as we've said, uh, it's it's five-year study. Focus this year has been on on understanding what we need to measure and and, and starting to establish those 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 measurement approaches and, and, and collecting that that initial um, baseline information. So next year and, and, and the years beyond that, you know, we'll we'll be repeating that process to 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 to, to track the impacts and, and really start to understand the story of place. So, so whilst we've set out this this kind of you know framework for for, for measurement to enable consistency, there's, there's going to need to be a degree of evolution that in in that over time as well. Recognizing that that the context will change, the the, the, the scheme will change, and, and and we'll need to adapt to kind of uh, make sure we are telling the story. I think you know the most important thing is is really going to be that continuous cycle of of measuring, learning, and improving as well. So so how we're actually using the evidence, how we're building on on the you know the the lessons that that we've we've we've, we've talked through today, and and you know, you know using that to to adapt both the types of spaces on on the site, but also the the kind of programming of of activity on the site as well. But also then how that influences IPUT's wider um, uh, property portfolio yeah. and um, how you share the knowledge amongst your your industry peers as well to 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 you know to deliver that wider benefit that we've we've we've, we've talked about super well thank you both for participating in the podcast but also for all your work over the last year and look forward to what year two is going to bring thank you thank you so, Thank you for joining us for the latest episode of iPuts Shaping Our City podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode and will join us in the future for more episodes where we'll continue the conversation on topical issues affecting real estate, the built environment and the vitality of cities. Thank you. <laughs>